Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets, ideas change the world. One of the, um, one of the most interesting dynamics that we've all been watching over the last two years, kind of boiled us like a frog, is the fact that the pandemic has created a new notion of space. If you think about it, our personal and professional spaces have been severely restricted, but out of restriction comes creativity. Out of restriction comes adaptability. Out of restriction comes behavior change. If you are living in the midst professionally of helping organizations get a handle on how space impacts workplace productivity, workplace creativity, uh, workplace uh, sustainability, as far as uh, employees sticking around, the most important asset you have, uh, this whole idea of space becomes critically important. I was turned on to uh, a human-centric cognitive assistant hybrid work consultant systems and space uh, guru by the name of Hans Naimi by a friend of the great conversation, Steve Caroselli. And he and I hooked up. We're, uh, you're in Great Britain today, Hans, is that correct? That's correct, yes. And I'm in Seattle, Washington, and we're about to have a great conversation around space. So Hans, very briefly, day in, day out, tell everyone what you do, and then we're going to get into the topic, how our lives have changed and what that means to the executives you're serving. How's that sound? That sounds great. And um, you know, thank you, everybody, for um, you know, uh, listening to this podcast. And one of the things that I would say about my day in the life of um, what I do is I service what we call the property and uh, workplace facilities management arena. And that involves, in essence, um, you know, um, managing and understanding how um, space is used uh, within an organization, whether that be from the uh, facilities operational and management of the space, or whether that be from the um, health and safety, fire safety aspects of space, or whether that be um, you know, allocation management of how the business wants to utilize the space, or more importantly, how the users of the space, i.e. visitors, customers, or employees uh, utilize the space and harvesting all of that information to be able to be translated into meaningful insights for which the both business representatives as well as the real estate representatives and finance are able to understand the uh, performance usage of the real estate asset, therefore helping to manage that um, effectively. So in a summary, um, you know, that's the area. And then I have a, what I call a bias towards workplace technologies. And within that arena, that's about ensuring that the digital technologies are aligned with the 
business objectives for providing tools for employees to utilize in order to conduct their tasks and their jobs effectively, but more importantly, also able to ensure that um, all of the technology tool stack and able to utilize their building space accordingly for meeting rooms, reporting faults, and so on and so forth. So in summary, a day in the life of hands is dealing with all, I like to call them the kind of like um, uh, uh, the mind map of uh, real estate and, uh, and property. The mind, map, the mind map of real estate property, the mind map of real estate property. And I, it's, it's really interesting because the way I read it, I've been associated with technology for quite a few years. More and more, since we live in a sensor-driven world, more and more, the building is taking on anthropomorphic-like capabilities. That is, it's beginning to shape itself, if you will, around, um, around the identity and the behaviors of human beings that occupy, uh, occupy it. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. And it makes sense um, from a point, and as we are talking, I'm kind of like appreciating that, you know, we are in um, a transitional state. And what this means is, is that um, traditionally, you know, we acquire the information and we um, analyze it in order to measure um, the demand and supply of uh, the space in accordance with the business need. And that was the primary focus of, um, you know, the use of that data. And uh, as a what we call like silos within the built environment, um, when an organization felt that um, there was a change of business strategy or um, the, the building space had come up to what I call its expiry design, um, where the layouts were no longer fit for purpose, then external consultants would come on board in order to help establish uh, new methods of working, new designs, new practices to accommodate the business. And the um, metamorphic state of um, how businesses are changing through the um, use of data has grown exponentially to where we are right now. Um, and it's taken us and allowed us to get to where we are today. Um, and why I say that we're in a transitional state is really because of COVID. Um, and what that has done um, with regards to, as an example, during lockdown, the use of sensors within workplace environments became null and void. So therefore there were no measurable tools to be able to look at how for the last few months, employees were utilizing the space because they were empty. Fortunately, because of the, what I call non-workplace um, uh, type of analysis that I was doing, it meant that it was able to generate spatial analysis for people working from home and looking at patterns aligned with the business need of how the workplace needed to be redesigned to support a phased approach of people returning back to the office. Now, that's an interesting paradigm because um, we talk about 
the office being the place where you go to work. Whereas COVID said, well, the place where you go to work is your home. So there's a, a transition occurring at this stage. Well, let's, uh, let's, put an, let's put a pin in that for a second. Let's make sure we, we really understand what you just said. Um, we have been shaped by the pandemic. Uh, a, uh, something you do over time becomes a habit, and habit becomes your state of mind, if you will, your, your human condition. So we've been habitualized to work out of the home for good or bad. Uh, but we also have created a new form of socialization. So the workspace begins to become, as you often say, multidimensional. That is, it isn't just a desk in my home somewhere. It's also my desktop traversing, you know, whatever uh, video calling service I have. It's the phone and it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's becoming multidimensional. The space isn't defined as just home anymore. It could be a, a Starbucks during midday. It could be my car on the way to pick up my kid. It's become multidimensional, right? Absolutely. And I, I got to say that what we should remember is that we were already on that path before yeah. COVID. Right. And so, you know, when we talk about multidimensional and, and COVID, what we're talking about is how technology had advanced during COVID to support working away from the office. Right. And that technology was products like Zoom, i.e. the platform that we're using right now, products like Teams, and a whole host of remote working capabilities, and even social media from a point of view of um, uh, people connecting and sharing. I've got an international audience much greater than I had prior to COVID. So what we see here is that um, we were already on this trajectory. Something like COVID comes along and all it does is it fast forwards a development technology to enable us to continue to work in a place. So, um... So now anecdotally, don't know if you have data on this, anecdotally, let's talk about a human being for a second. Anecdotally, the first thing I heard in the first year was we miss getting together. Anecdotally. In the second year, um, I started seeing people adjust and begin to actually, many of them, revel in the fact that they didn't have to commute an hour to work, that they weren't stuck in a cube at the office. And uh, so now we're in the third year. As you said, we're in a transitional state, a state of mind for the human being, state of mind for the leaders, state of mind for the company, especially if we go back to your definition of 
um, space having various silos, one being uh, managing the infrastructure around space, otherwise known as facility management, managing the health and safety of the space, compliance, managing the allocation of space, workforce management, and managing the experience of the space, whether it's a visitor or an employee. Those are your four areas that were supposedly in the transitional state. So tell me if we can, using your insights, especially since you're asked every day by these leaders, these siloed leaders to weigh in, where are we going, Hans? Where do you think we'll end up? Right. This is a very good question. And I've always wanted to say that. So thank you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I've been told before I can ask a good question. Now, I guess I throw it back on you for a good answer, right? And do you know what? If I had a pound or even a dollar, I should say, for every time somebody says to me, Hans, you've got a good handle on um, you know, uh, the future of technology and everything else, but where do you think the future lies? Where are we heading? My thought on this is to say that it's not where we're heading, we're already in it. However, it's not a, a single dimension that you can say it's going in that direction or this is where we're going to end up because we're in a transitional state. And that transitional state is yet for um, uh, people to readjust to whatever is their new normal. And at the start of this call, we talked about um, insight and uh, information and, sen and sensors. And when we think of the human-centric aspect of it, there is so much going on that I personally believe that we are in an era of continuous change and insight. So what does this mean? It means we have to have an environment whereby we allow for change, um, that environments are adaptive, um, people's behaviours change. One of the key things about COVID that is significant was COVID is an outlier, which means that it's not something which occurs on a frequency basis. And therefore, the level of disruption was so wide that we're only in a place now to start making sense of it all and to start to rebuild the pieces. But at the same time, it reversed engineered everything to say, well, actually, there's a whole host of technologies that were in debate before COVID. Working from home was another area of challenge between um, line managers and employees around ensuring that employees attended the office because they could see better performance. And COVID came along, lockdown came along, and everybody said, well, you've got to work from home. The technology was there for people to work. And so the transition that we're in is basically saying, well, these technologies are here to stay. 
and they're improving. Hybrid is a term that has been described and hybrid is something which means different things to different organizations. And um, this is where we're at. The future is about a hybrid of various aspects of workplace, work patterns, organizations, but the ability to work anywhere, uh, any place at any time aligned with business need. And that's the most important thing. Um, the direction is about having the ability to have access to information that draws insight, not just to management, but to individual um, employees as well around better use of their time, how they manage. And that is where you will begin to see more advancements with um, organizational technology around um, how individuals can understand. I've been, I've been in a meeting as an example where we, um, um, I work for uh, working in an insurance organization and um, the um, Lloyd's um, kind of banking um, insurance group um, uh, that allows and opens up its spaces for um, um, trading uh, between brokers and almost like a, a marketplace for traders their dynamics have changed. And as a result of that, they're seeing um, what I call the patterns of what used to be a marketplace for all brokers to come to and talk and understand what's happening in a marketplace, having specific days where brokers are coming in to um, the Lloyd's building and drawing others in. But there's a now community which is being created of remote brokers who are using um, the teams and zooms to have their um, meetings and creating more let's call them um, podcasts and so on and so forth to share so it's a continuous shift it's an adaptive shift um, we're not there yet to decide what is the new norm um, but the new norm will just manifest itself if I hope that answers your question yeah, you know, it, it seems, again, going back to your comment, we're in a transitional state. And then I, I also wrote down something that to me, I'll paraphrase, but was very profound. We're already living in tomorrow, but we're experiencing the ride in multiple dimensions. I, I wrote that as a paraphrase of what you just said. Does that, if that accurately explains what you're trying to say, does it? hundred percent. You know, I'm trying to refrain myself from um, some of what I call my research-based insights to um, technology advancements yeah. that is already happening. And um, the extents of those that will drive so much change into a dimension, uh, keeping it simple, I'm sure everybody's now heard of um, um, the, um, uh, the metaverse from Facebook. Right. And, um, you know, just to peel that back like a banana skin, when you look under the hood and you say, what is that all about? And people talk about digital twins. This is about looking in an area of cognitive support that is required to help us process the amount of information more efficiently. And 
it's that level of development which is driving um, like where we're heading. We know it as that traditional, a personal computer that was designed to help with the manual transition from paper-based things, whether it be typewriters to um, uh, word processors, whether it be computer-aided drawing design systems for architects to move from the drawing board, um, whether it be um, accountants who use book ledgers to do the accounts to use an accounting software. But we're moving into an era where we're going to be having um, intelligent internet-based um, you know, support with processing data. So that's why, you know, when we, when, when we look at this kind of other dimension, it is a dimension which is there to provide more efficiency of processing the large volumes of information. Because to be quite frank, we from a human-centric perspective, and I'm going to pick up on a previous point, it's about the well-being and health and safety of, um, uh, uh, of people. And with the volume of information, people do not have the capacity to process at pace that volume without assistance. So that is taking us into mental health. That's taking us into stress, um, meeting deadlines, the volume, mistakes. So there's a lot going on, which is why I refer back to saying, yes, we are in a multiple dimensional phase, but we're also in a transitional phase to this new dimension of having um, assistance with processing information to help us lead more better, comfortable lives. And I think, uh, I think you just put that proverbial pin in it. Um, I think what people are going to be adjusting to is technology is no longer a tool. We are going to move it into technology is a relationship, like you said, offering cognitive processing assistance at a whole new level. If that technology is placed in our hands, if the technology surrounds us in the form of a smart, intelligent building or in the form of a smart, intelligent city, it will. we will now have a relationship with it that has the possibility for improving our lives and also improving our productivity. Is that a good way to say it? A hundred percent. I was very skeptical on when they said um, AI and machines will be taking jobs. I'm no longer skeptical. And the reason why I'm no longer skeptical is because of the deep dive that I've done into AI and machine learning and understanding the areas whereby as humans, we need help. And it's the processing of information, the sheer vast amount of computation. We can't do that. Right. Perhaps we could do it if we had time, but we just can't do that. But there's a, there's a, there's a level. And as humans, and I mean this as nice as possible way, we only see three dimensions. Right. We only relate to three dimensions. But we're moving into an arena of fourth dimensions for which you cannot process. And it's where that side of it is coming to um, um, develop. So we mentioned something which was smart buildings. 
And I believe that we are still in the smart building digitization phase. That is not yet complete, far from it. And um, once we have completed that, we will then move into the intelligent building. And that intelligent building will then be where the paradigm shift changes of how we have a relationship with technology. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a Darwinian remark here. <laughs> well, you know, because, and again, this uh, simply using the word Darwinian is not enough. We're constantly evolving. We all know that. Yeah, we're constantly evolving. We're, we're, we're not talking a religious idea or even a anthropological idea. Uh, we're just going to agree that we're always evolving. We as a species, the way we think about our work, ourselves, our place in the world, we're constantly evolving. So we're in a state of evolution. And what you've made the case for today, and probably why people want to hire you, is I want to know how to create a space to make people comfortable, whether it's hybrid or inside a building, to make people comfortable with this digital transformation they're going through. That's what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, to, to, to almost end on this, um, it's not just about um, what I call like the, the, a, a client, a customer, because my clients are sensor companies. They are um, software development companies, or they are the client. And where I sit is the bridge between the end user who uses the building, the technology service integrator that needs to put the technology in from an infrastructure perspective, and the enterprise technology team that are responsible for providing the platforms that are used. Because all of those three entities now need to operate in unison. So I sit as the glueware, as a subject matter expert, in those three dimensions. Right. This has been a great conversation with Hans Naimi. This is a world that's changing. We need to understand how our space impacts our world. Hans, thank you so much for a great conversation. Thank you, Ron. It's a pleasure.